on this episode of Quantum Week, September 13th through 19th, 2009. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. And we are uh, in September 2009. We are. We were in June 2009 at an early... Earlier, oh yeah, like, yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, because the same Black Eyed Peas album, the same album. So we've never done that before. We never ran into the same album again. Exactly. So right. That week we covered uh, taking a Pelham one two three and uh, and boom boom pow and hangover and poker face and boom boom pow. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. So um uh yeah, so but this, it was kind of weird to go back and have to like. I was thinking the same thing. Same album. Um, right. But that's okay. I think we have some interesting stuff. I have some interesting things to always talk about. I think. Yeah, I got some things about it. Um. But I guess it's going to happen more as the more episodes we do, we'll run into like times that are pretty close together. To yes, time. exactly. Um, but I'm excited for this episode because we're talking about Inglorious Bastards. Right, and that's a good one. Um, there's a second Tarantino movie. We did Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so we went a long time without doing any Tarantino, and now right. we're kind of in, in short span doing two, which is which is nice. Yes. I like going back to these. I, I'd recently seen Inglorious Bastards again, may, maybe within the last couple months anyway, just because I wanted to see it. So it was kind of fresh in my mind already, but... Still fun to see anyway. It's Similar fun, for me. fun to see, yeah. Yeah, this one I've watched a lot. It's funny because I, I always, I kind of link this and Django together. Oh, yeah, me too. Because I think they're similar quality. Uh, you get the sort of the revenge-ish and... And like the historical... The, right. And then you also have Christoph Waltz winning Oscars for both. So oh. there's a lot of things that are kind of... Sync. So I think of these movies as almost like kind of twin, like a twin billing. Yeah. Um, and actually, this has a Western feel too, even with like the Marconi score and stuff. Is that the same? Uh, Morricone, yeah, Morricone, he, yeah. I, he has some stuff in there. He didn't do the, the full score. He wanted eight, eight of his pieces the, are in this. He, yes, yeah. He wanted him to do a full score, but he was uh, tied to another film yeah, at the time, right? Um, but for some reason, I've seen this. I think it's just by coincidence, just happenstance. Uh, I've seen this so many more times than I've seen Django. I think I've only, I've only seen Django twice. Me too. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. I really I've probably seen this. I need to see that again because it's really good. I watched that recently too. Because I've seen I, this at least a dozen times. I don't think I've seen that. But maybe five or six. I would yeah, say. I've seen this a yeah. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so I guess, you know, we'll get it right. You know, do you like, do you like, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Is it going to crack your top five? It probably will not, but it's close. Yeah. See, I have a real debate here. I'm going to put this poll up because I think it's an interesting question. I'm curious to see how, I think I'm going to know how it's going to play out, but we'll see. What my fifth film right now is, my fourth film is Ghostbusters. This is not better than Ghostbusters. Mm, Yeah. My fifth film though is Departed. And this and Departed, I, it's really hard for me to... That's actually a hard one. It's really hard for me. Yeah. I'm going to put this ahead of Departed. It's a really... Like, if you if I did a list of my top 100 films, these two would both be on there. Both yeah. Inglourious Bastards and Departed would be on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would probably be like... Pretty close. Whatever, like 64 and 65 or whatever. Yeah. Know, 32 and 33. I don't know where they'd fall exactly. But, you know, wherever they fall, they probably would be right next to each other because I, I see them so similar. But I think Inglourious Bastards just slightly gets the nod just because of the two great scenes. This is sort of a rare film where both and I will get, a, both you and I get, a, not this one, The Departed is a rare film with where both you and I will get a lot of shit for our take on it, but we're, we're together on it. Like, right. we both like we both value The Departed a lot, and a lot of people don't. Oh, I, don't, don't I, I think it's so strange, because I think our road to perdition take is so, which we also agree with, yeah. is so much more bizarre. Me too. Than, than The Departed. But, I mean, Departed wasn't best best film. Like, yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I think it's got this weird reverse pullback but this movie um has two scenes in it that are maybe the two best scenes in any film ever well definitely the first scene 
in this yes. film is phenomenal scene. It's one of the top films and uh, scenes in film. One absolutely. of the best scenes ever. Yeah, that's uh, an, that's and an Tarantino amazing. has said it's his favorite thing he's ever written. And it makes complete sense. Yeah. Like just the pacing of it is phenomenal. Everything about it is phenomenal. The writing is phenomenal. The acting is, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's an introduction to one of the great villains. Right. In film history. Yeah. I mean, you have, you know, we, we did sound slams. We have Hannibal Lecter, you know, you have Darth uh, Vader, Darth Vader. And then you, I think right there is, is Hans Landa. Who's this, this amazing. And Christoph Waltz is Christoph Waltz isn't as good in, I don't think he deserved the Oscar for Django. Really? I think he's phenomenal in Django. I think he's really good. Yeah. DiCaprio, I think Samuel Jackson especially, but whatever. That's a different film. Yeah, yeah. But this movie, though, in particular, this role. He's great. I don't, I mean, it is, it's, he's, he's, it's, I think it might be Tarantino's best villain. I think it might be like one of the best villains ever in film, period. Probably. Hopefully, like, I mean, no, no one would, no one would put them on a, uh, him on a, like a top, 50 list maybe right now, but maybe 20 years from now, they might look back and do that. I hope so. I hope yeah. they, they, he's great. Cause he's, he's so good. And, and the character, like you said, is written so brilliantly. Oh. Um, that whole scene, like I said, the pacing, every structure, every shot, uh, all of it is, you know, just right at the beginning, you see the cars, they don't say anything. You just simply see the cars come up the road <laughs> and they know that's dangerous. You know? Yeah. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like the and right from the end, you're just, uh, I remember seeing the theaters as the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah. So you have that scene, which is, one of the best opens ever, maybe one of the best, maybe the best open, the best scene ever. I, I, it's certainly an argument. Yeah. I think the barroom scene, it might be just, that's just my second favorite. So yeah, I of mean, course. those two scenes are the best scenes, in my opinion, maybe ever in film. They're phenomenal scenes. Yeah. The, that barroom scene is amazing. Actually, and I think those, to be honest, those two scenes kind of really outshine the rest of the movie. Oh, but, uh, they don't, I mean, they, it's beyond outshine. Yeah. I, I, whatever word beyond that is. And, but they are also, it's, I really love the Shoshana stuff. Yeah. I, I think she is, I wish I don't, I'll tell you right now, this might be a cut you use to market this, but like the bastards are the worst part of Inglorious Bastards. I don't like them. I don't, yeah. I, mean, I, I like, I root for them obviously, but I don't think they're interesting. They're cartoon characters. Well, they don't really take up a lot of the film either. It's not really, it's, it's funny. They're like the, they're sort of the ploy that hooks us in, but they're not really, no. they're not really in the film a lot. They're not the movie. The movie is Shoshana. Yeah, that's it's a lot, movie. A lot it's really of other, the story. Yeah, and Rhonda, yeah, right. And, yeah. and uh, the Bastards kind of, I don't want to say ruin the movie for me. They don't, but they definitely like. Well, they're big caricatures is, is part of it. They're, they're, the, they're actually humor. They're the comic relief. Yeah. But like, well, we, don't, we don't necessarily need that. It's fine. Like, I, I, I would have loved to see a lot more of Shoshana and um, her projectionist boyfriend yeah. planning this thing. And do it. I would have seen this more. Anything more Shoshana. That whole storyline sure. was just so great. And when it cuts back to the bastards, you're like, all right, yeah. cartoonish nonsense. Yeah. I do love, though, the scene in the movie theater at the end. So once the movie, once they're in the scene, once, um, you know, Shoshana's in the red dress and the movie theater starts and they all kind of come together at the end, yeah. then, I'm, then I'm on board for all of it. Of course. But there's a couple of those those scenes with the bastards that I'm, I'm a little bit, and, and then there's also, the, obviously, the, and everyone talks about this, this is not a great one, is the, uh, the Mike Myers, Winston Churchill. Oh, you scene. didn't like him? I just don't think it's necessary. It's not really, it's just a bizarre thing to have in the movie. It just doesn't fit. Yeah. I was fine with it. Cause I, I like having him. I, there were, there were a lot of characters throughout and sort of parody throughout. And I kind of, I kind of liked him. I don't think he's bad in it. And no. like, but like, I just, it just seems, it just seems so out of place. It's it does just, seem out of it just, place. It's just bizarre kind yeah. of to have in the movie. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I don't love I, the bastards though. Are the thing that kind of, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. It's just, I get it. it, it I get it. It's an odd scene. So with the bastards, one thing I want to talk about is they're beating the, um, they're about, it's really the introduction to, um, 
to the bear Jew. Right. Um, and they're about to kill this uh, high-ranking... Yeah, he's like, maybe the captain yeah. or whatever of this uh, platoon, and this uh, Nazi platoon. And he's very stoic. And he's almost... I mean, he's a Nazi, so he's not. But he almost acts, as we typically see things in movies, heroic. Honorable. Yes. And he doesn't give up his, his men. And he ends up dying totally in vain because the next guy gives up the Of gives course, up the yeah. Right. But he, this character, is almost portrayed and shot. Because look at how he shot, almost in like heroic fashion. I don't know if that's Tarantino kind of like fucking with us, like kind of doing, so. a, which is really genre bending. And that's actually, I think, a really good example. So then you have this character that you, see, you don't like him, but you're like, oh, well, you kind of. You definitely, yeah, well, you kind of, in a bizarre way, you sympathize with him. Well, you at least respect, you respect that move. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't, but he's not, he's not annoying. He's not bizarre. No. He's not weird. But then like. The bastards, though, are annoying, but obviously you're rooting for them. And then, they, you know, they bash him. But then, as the, you're like, oh, that's right, the guy's a Nazi. He deserves that. His head bashed him. But right. It, but it's a really great way of Tarantino to kind of, like, spin spin things a bit. So that element of the bastards I do like. Absolutely. Um, but other parts of it, just it just felt like... But maybe he just wants to have his fun. I don't know. I, did, I just... It just seemed a little too silly for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They were silly. I mean, even the accent on the Bear Jew, too, is like ridiculous Boston all accents accent. are ridiculous. All of them are, yeah. Aldo, yeah, all of them. I mean, it works for Aldo only because the payoff at the end when he has to say his last name <laughs> over and over again. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Gorzlani. Uh, but, uh, but other than that, though, the accents are ridiculous. Yeah, the Italian, the Italian part. I mean, you know, to have funny. that flip with the Shoshana stuff, which is played so painfully and so stoic, the mm. scene when her and Londa are talking, the only thing they have together, Oh, really. in the restaurant, yeah. And then he leaves and she completely breaks down, which is yes. completely understandable. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, And to go from that to like goofy bastards hijinks, and you're like, oh, what are we doing here? What's I know. Happening? It is very strange. That, that dichotomy is strange. But I, actually, I found it... I liked like he Tarantino does put a lot of humor in his films, even if it's dark and there's a lot of violence and all that. And so I just I think going in, I know that that's going to happen and I can just sort of accept it and laugh along with it. I think Londa provides as much as his evil person. Part of his evilness is that he is somewhat also charming. Very charming. And he's the he's, he's what the very devil funny. He is what the devil is like. I, if yes. I picture the devil, it's this guy. Yeah. It's not like someone who is just a rage fest. No. going around murder and gross and ugly and vile. No, it is someone who's charming, articulate, polite, and convinces you to do shit and just just as that's that's the pure evil right there. He, with the scene when uh, Hammersmark, the actress, comes in yeah. with the three the three bastards and they're all pretending to be Italian and he makes them repeat their name over and over again. Like he's fucking with them. He's totally fucking with he's them. He's embarrassing them. Yeah. And he's, but he, he's so relentless with it and he does it with a smile on his face. It's, it's, it's great acting. It's great writing. It's, but it's like, you see how evil he is right there. Completely evil. Oh, and when he, he, he uh, totally cracks himself up, or uh, he cracks up because, uh, Hammersmark said, the mountain climbing. yeah, the mountain climbing. Like he, he just, he can't believe it. Right. You're mocking her basically. Well, yeah, like yeah, laughing right in her face. Right, um, yeah. And uh, knowing that he has all the power. Uh, yeah, Helen's Landa is, 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 is great. So th- those kind of things, I guess, the Shoshana stuff, the Landa stuff, and those two scenes are the reason I do put a notch above Departed. Yeah. I, I give this movie an A. I mean, I, everyone, everyone's like, everyone thinks like we are, <laughs> these movies that we're talking about, Pulp Fiction, uh what else? The Departed. Road to Perdition. Road Departed. Departed. Um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Silence Lambs. Yeah. Like, these are movies that, like, these are like some of the, my favorite movies I've ever seen. I love these movies. Yeah. I love movies. Yeah. I love these movies. Yeah. I'm not, like, shitty on them, but we have, like, we're, we're doing, yeah, there's some... this is a critique, this is a show where we, we, we critique stuff. Right. Like, if you want to talk about someone just jerking off a movie, then go listen to The Ringer. Like, go listen to Rewatchables, and they'll just, they'll just speak glowingly about a movie for an hour and a half. 
we're going to talk about things that work or maybe don't work in, in this movie almost everything works but there's some things that don't i think it's important to talk about that too yeah i wanted to ask you too why why kill hammersmark if you're going to defect anyway because she knows what a scoundrel you are is that what it is yeah she, she knows wants, she knows the level of his his, his evil. evil ways plus she just kind of gets in the way i guess so plus maybe he just doesn't fucking like her it could be yeah but you see yeah and are you okay with him living and like going about his i mean you're sort of you, you've been unveiled like now the so uh aldo right yes. aldo draws a swat uh, you know yes, a, right. a swat in his, in his fucking forehead yeah. so he will always be marked as a nazi so maybe he's revealed himself and that's that's a big enough punishment maybe i don't know but well aldo kind of does a good job in explaining the end he's like listen you know you went out and you did you killed you ended the war you killed the foremost powerful nazi so for that yeah i can accept it you do live yeah but you know you don't you don't get to live free and clear my friend right um so i think it's, I think it's the only thing so this is one thing i have a critique about the movie is is pretty heavy here in the end and the critique about Departed, very similar here. The last shots annoy the fuck out of me. Hmm. So the Departed has that rat. It's yep. not subtle. It just yeah. crawls across. We get it. You right. Know, and it has, you know, has uh, the, the, the Capitol building the Capitol in the, in the right, back. Right in the back. Yeah. So this movie ends with uh, Brad Pitt and BJ Novak staring into the camera and Brad Pitt goes, I think this was, this is my masterpiece. And it's obviously Tarantino oh, saying this is my, us, right. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, that <laughs> why, 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 hey, it's not. So no, it's not. It's not even close, really. So right. you, you make a lot of great movies. This yeah. is not your masterpiece. Yeah. So I hate to say it, Quentin, but if you die tomorrow, like Pulp Fiction's the first word you're, yeah. in your open. It's not this. Yeah. So uh, it's not his masterpiece. Don't fucking say that. Let, the, let that's that's see, some, Tarantino. He's my favorite director, but man, he cannot get out of his own way. Sometimes he has to be in Reservoir Dogs. He has to be in Pulp Fiction. He has to fucking he has to be in this. I mean, you didn't but, recognize him, but he was still in it. Right. He has to fucking shout us at the end of the movie. And he does. Right. You know. uh so stuff like that, it's like, all right. You know, always, every time I watch a movie, it's always going to be kind of a lousy taste in my mouth. I, yeah. I don't like that last line. I also wanted to ask you about the payoff between Londa and Shoshana. There's, there is none. Like, so, 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 okay, in the beginning scene, which we talked about before, uh, Londa basically gets um, a dairy farmer to give up the fact that he's hiding a Jewish family, right? And kills them. But Shoshana is, one, is a part of that jewish family and she runs right um and she's far enough away where he can't kill her easily they don't go after her they let her go he consciously lets her go yes. they could totally track her down and kill her strange that's a that's a strange thing and then later on so you mentioned the scene where they're in the restaurant and they're and they're talking and he says he says there's something else i want to ask you ah, i've forgotten it must not have been that important um so they never really, they never have the interaction. He never remembers it's her. And so that's a question. Does he remember it's her? I don't think so. So I don't, so here's one side of the argument. Yeah. He never really saw her face. Yeah, he's you're right. Hunted, he's hunted thousands of Jews. Yeah, maybe more. Never saw her. You're right. So why would he remember this one he girl? Wouldn't. Yeah, On he wouldn't. On the flip side, what does he order for her for dinner? Strudel. And what does he drink? Um, I thought it was with creme or milk. It's milk. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I did see that too, and I was like, oh, because so, he ordered coffee for himself or something. Right. Yeah. He ordered her milk. He did order that her milk. That tells me he knew her. And then that's that line. But with, then why? So he let her go twice. Why? Why would he? Why would this guy do it just to fuck with her? I the second time I understand why he lets her go. The second time I think he's trying to end the war. So as much kind of disruption or stuff like that he can find in some way, like if it's at her movie theater, he knows that she's plotting 
Yes. Because he doesn't know the plot at that point. No, he doesn't, but he knows that she could be potentially plotting something yeah. that should be good. Here's the other reason I think he does know it's Yeah. Good. His whole monologue at the top, he's like, I think like, right. like a Jewish person. Yes. I, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I, so he's basically saying he, that's, I think his tell is that he does know, his tell is, get, is the, milk. the milk. Right. But I think the top is letting us know the audience that this guy has almost like a sixth sense when it comes to yeah. um, his job, which is basically you know, finding, finding and killing people. Um, and I think he knows it's her. And I think he keeps her on because it's one more kind of like thing that could disrupt things, which then, is good for him. Then maybe it's a more cat mouse then. Maybe he's just playing with playing with his food almost. Maybe maybe it's well, more of that, is. right? He does enjoy that. He, remember, he does it with the uh, the accent. He does. He, he likes yeah. fucking, that's Satan. Yeah. He likes fucking with people. Yeah. That's that, the power. That's the, he does it with the dairy farmer. He could have just walked in. They just could have shot. He knew they were Oh, totally. Boards, yeah, yeah. But he does this whole song and dance because he's enjoy he, the manipulation, not the yeah. manipulation, the, the power dynamic of him fucking with someone is something he really gets off on. He totally does. And maybe it's sexually maybe that's why he went after hammer's mark I, I don't know what it oh is, could be but there's some sort of thing with that with land that's what that's what he helps most. that hammer that was that's the only time you see his rage too yes right is with her which is a, that's another strange it's the only time we see him kill somebody right i think so yeah because he has the gun. no he just has he other has people guys do. and people. he does it and it's almost like it's a very easy thing for yes. him to order other people to do it but for, it was the first time he went ray and strangled her too like like watched her but that was I, crazy i believe he didn't know it was her time. so he knew her but then there's no payoff between the two there's she none. dies and that's she, where the which, bastards kind of fuck it up and that's right and it also sucks too like she dies it sucks that she dies it does. It's cruel. And that's tearing. In some ways, I'm always annoyed when that happens. I'm always like, couldn't she at least be alive enough to look at the screen and see the. But she dies before any of it happens. And yeah. I think that's Tarantino just reminding us like. Nothing's perfect. Right. Things and don't go as according to plan. I am reimagining history here, and we are getting kind of a fun. We get to see Hitler get shot up into like pieces, <laughs> yeah, which is fun and everything. But, you know, this is a cruel thing that happened. And, and don't, you know, as much as this is kind of a popcorn film ending. Let's not forget like how horrible this was. I just wish that her and Lynn, that's why I wish the bastards get out of the way. I just want to kind see, of. all I want to see is a shine on Because it would have worked without them. That's the thing. Right. So, they didn't provide any, they did nothing. So all these little, all these little pieces that I'm asking you about uh, speak to like a bigger thing where he, I, the, one of the things I really like about Tarantino is he reminds us that life isn't clean. And there are all these missteps all over the place that, that happen. Like even that bar scene. You know, they fuck that up, but oh, still kind of cobble it together to still kind of hail Mary to try to make it work, which it doesn't really. Cause right. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all because Londa fa- and actually the bastards end up blowing themselves up, right? They're, they're in there. They've got, um, they've got, uh, dynamite on their ankles. Yeah, they, they, they didn't even need to do that. No. So there's all these places where it's not clean. It's just this messy life that's yes. happening. And he sort of reminds us that that's really more like the way things go a lot of times. Yeah. Even in you a don't re-ima- just have clean hero, clean villain. Even in reimagined histories, you still, yes. there is still blood <laughs> yeah. on the walls. And yeah, but I, but the thing that I, it's kind of frustrating to be the movie a little bit is it kind of takes away the heroic thing that Shoshana and the projectionist did. That's right. Because they didn't, the pastors didn't need to be there at all. They didn't, they would have done it. But there was no, like, the Bastards didn't do anything other than maybe the fact that you have, but even the. And it, Londa didn't even need to go free. That's right. the thing. He if never would have. the Bastards had never been there, Londa would have been, he, he would have gotten away. He would probably die. Uh, he, I think he would have gotten away. He might have. I don't even know if he would have been in the theater. I think he. But maybe, I think but he still. he smelled something, snuffed it out. Yeah. But he may, he's probably in front of a war tribunal. Exactly. Right. He's probably getting hung. Right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I. So there's parts of that that don't, or the payoff is not clean, right? Either and I had just been so shy. So Tarantino, he's writing this. I guess he had a really hard time. So he wrote this after Jackie Brown, right? But obviously, as we all know, he did. He does Kill Bill afterwards because he just wasn't. He 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 he, did, he wrote two or three drafts. He couldn't sit on any one. Yeah, and then he had a couple other. War, he wanted to do a war thing. It just it just just didn't quite work for him. Like, and then he did he did Grindhouse, which yeah. failed miserably. It was n- not a good movie. I'm good with that film. <laughs> you, you're good. Like you like it or you hate it? Yeah, no, I like it. I yeah, like both. I like uh, both of those. That double feature. I just think it's a neat departure. Didn't make money. Yeah, cr- critically not not liked. And yeah. Chris. Quantum Chris doesn't like. It. I know. Um, so that's the real death note. So uh, it's it's not good. So so he does it. So he does finally go back to this, and I think that's why the masterpiece thing is also so. I think he you know that he lo- put a that, lot of pressure on himself though. He did, and I get that. Like from a creative standpoint, like need, well, you must get that too. You're writing something, and you're like, oh man, this has a chance of being amazing. You want the timing to be as you want everything to all the elements that you can control. You want to be as perfect as possible, right? You know, cause that's all you can control. You can't control someone's reaction to art. You can only control what you put out there. So you want it to be as good as possible. And this one, he spends a lot of time on it. I will say, as know, we've talked about how I don't think reservoir dogs is directed particularly well. Yep. I don't think Pulp Fiction is a greatly directed movie or a wonderfully directed movie rather. Um, this movie is directed brilliantly, brilliantly. Okay. Uh, the shot, my favorite shot in the film, uh, besides the two great scenes, yeah. is uh, when it's once again it's back to that theater scene we talk about a lot. But with Hammersmark, the three um, Italian uh, <laughs> cameramen, and Landa, and the camera just constantly moves in a circle around them. Yes, and because what you're doing is you're seeing everyone's reaction to this lie. Yes, you're seeing the cameraman be kind of nervous. You're seeing Hammersmark; she's an actress, so she's pulling it off. But you can see there's a little bit of her eyes, yeah. a little gleam there. It's like I'm lying. This is not good. I'm nervous. Yeah, and then you see Landa. Who you know doesn't doesn't, believe <laughs> he doesn't buy we, any of a, it. A, we saw him get the shoe. <laughs> yeah. And B, it's Lynn. Yeah. He's good at sniffing stuff out. Yeah. So you're watching everyone's reaction. The camera never. And also, you're just it's always moving. So you're constantly like attention. You're like, this is troubling. This is problematic. Right. So um, that scene is and just the shots. That theater is the most beautiful. It's theater It's really ever. beautiful. Um, yeah, but that like when they first walk in and you're you're seeing it from above. You're looking down and it's just so big and and the architecture is beautiful and I think it's marble floors. It's this is great space. And the shot the the shot when you know it's all uh, on fire in back of her. Yeah, you know that. And then the montage of the cat people, um, the David Bowie song. That's right. That montage really is. Yeah, well, she's like dressing. She's in the window, it's all and you see her reflection in the window, and then through the window to the other side, and then she's dressing. I think is that when she's putting on yep. her red dress, and yeah, that's a, that's a great scene. On her face, but, Beautiful, but, but it's just the way it's shot. Is like, oh, this is like yeah. this is um, uh, it's really building something. You, you know, the movie's building something great here, and like, and that's when you get into that third act. That yep. great, and the last act of this movie is, is sensational. It is. It's a, this is I love this movie. You know, I we are we are, like I guess, more me than Matt. I guess it's being a little critical here, but. I, I do love this movie a lot, um, and I care about this movie a great deal, yeah. which is why I'm, I'm so passionate about some of the things maybe that don't work. But there are so many things that do work. The acting here is amazing. I've never seen – think about that first scene, yep. the, uh, the dairy farm scene. I When I sat down in the movie theater that day, I had never seen any of those. I, had, I didn't know who Christoph Waltz was. I, I didn't I don't either. watch a lot of foreign films. It's my definitely my blind spot. Right, because most of his life it was, it was German-Austrian films, yeah, right? I never, I never knew. I, I don't think I knew him. I remember no. I saw like, the titles for like who's in this. I'm like, I don't know half these people. I'm kind right. Of, I'm, I wasn't like... I was just like, I don't know. All right, I guess we'll see what happens here. You know, I just seen Grindhouse, which is a boss. I'm like, this is what's what are we doing here? Yeah. So we have this first scene where I don't know a single actor in that entire 20 minute sequence. Nope. I don't know if I've ever been more riveted. And that's a tribute to obviously great acting, the great totally actors, but great it's also a acting. tribute to the great directing and, yep. and the writing. Tarantino, uh, that is masterwork. That is that is his greatest his 
that's 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 a better scene than the barroom scene, I guess. But yeah, it is. But they're both amazing. Yeah. that is a better scene because you and don't then, partially because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. No, and you you know you're you're in kind of an idyllic spot in the world. I mean, not at that time it's World War II, but the way it looks is beautiful. You know, you've got these rolling fields and the dairy farm and this small house and, you know, a happy dad and his daughters like going about their day. It's, it's kind of idyllic. And then it's just, it gets so menacing. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. I think that's one of the reasons why this thing impacts so hard is because it's the first it's, it, you don't, you don't know, you don't right. know anything. By the time you're the bar scene, you're already kind of on edge. You know that this could go fucking sideways. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's Nazi fucking soldiers in there that shouldn't have been there in the first place. It's in a basement. We, were, a basement. Told, we were told. Yeah, we're told like, uh oh, if things go wrong, this could get really ugly. So and you're already on edge. Though, think about the barroom scene. The only actor we knew, the only actor I ever knew, Fastbender was Fastbender, at the time. Yeah. And I, I oh, have, I knew the woman. Uh, Hammers Hammersmark was in her? Troy. Yeah, she's oh, okay. yeah, she was the she was Helen of Troy. Diane Kruger, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I had never seen Troy, so I didn't know her either. Yeah. Um, I had only known uh, a little bit of uh, of some of Fastbender's Fastbender, work. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really know any one in that scene either and i was riveted the entire time it's yeah. just that's a real tribute to tarantino knowing who to cast obviously and having the courage to cast foreign actors yep which worked out brilliantly and, and awesome I, I left the cinema and i left even my couch yesterday wanting to see more of the foreign actors and less yeah. of the actors who by the way brad pitt um uh, was it sam ham the kid from um uh, freaks and geeks Yes, DJ Novak, who I'm such Novak. a fan of. I've read his. He has a very good uh, book. Yeah, uh, I forget the name of it right now, but he came out a couple years ago. Check that out. It's a funny. It's a good little sto- short stories, but it's a good. But his he's great in the office. He's great. Um, they, look at oh, uh, Eli Roth is. Oh, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. This, but uh, but the bastards, you know, some of my favorite kind of people around because I love uh the, that kid Sam from uh Sam Levine. I'm sorry, Sam Ham is a uh, comic writer. Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks. Oh right. He's he's so good in that. He's so it's fun to see him. So. But even knowing these people, I still wanted to see more Shoshana and more Londa. Yeah. One thing about the Sam Levine character, um, you never know what happens to him. He's the only bastard we never get an uh, ending on. We didn't get payoff from Oh, no. right, because it's just, uh, right, it's just the Every two of them. It's Aldo bastard. and uh, whoever Novak plays. Yes, uh, the, the little or, man. The, the little man, because that's what we call it. What? <laughs> you call me the you little man? Little, who, so, no one calls that, me that. That is a pitch-perfect line delivery, by the way, with Peter <laughs> Novak. Um, but so you see Pitt and Novak, so we know they live. And you know th- uh, two of them die in the three, well, Fastbender, and two others die, two in, the die bar, in the bar. right. And then two die in the theater. right. So yeah, I guess we that don't leaves know. Us with, I think maybe there's two. There's eight of them, right? I don't remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe he's the only one. I can't remember. Right, but there's no there is no there's payoff no to that. Him, so that's that's, that's kind of like, strange. Oh, one. I always happen um, I do want to talk about that. So you, this was like a um, Chris Christoph Waltz is the only person who was nominated for an award, and rightfully any one. Well, the movie got nominated. Okay, so the oh, you mean the only actor, the only actor that okay. got nominated, okay, yep. which I actually think is right. I looked through. I don't. I you don't, don't think, think? You think? I so, mean, I, I was trying to like. Melanie who, Laurent is so good. At she is really good. I mean, that she is. is a yeah, she could. She could have been right. She could have been supporting actress. Definitely, I think. I, I, but like, who else? Like Brad Pitt is Brad no, Pitt. The, yeah, I mean, so I don't think any of the other no, dudes. I, I think Laurent is maybe okay. So she's the other one, right? Um. I think Fastbender is really good. In this. He is really good, but it's so short. It's it like it's, such it's a short. For a he's phenomenal. But that line delivery he gives when he tells the uh, basically tells the uh, 
the father of Maximilian. Willem. Willem. Yeah, Willem, yes. Uh, that he should basically get lost. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that that is almost chilling. Yeah. How quickly he turns, he's like, you know what, you're bothering us, get the get fucking out of here. Yeah. And he kind of, he tries to do the same thing to the... He does. Uh, does to not. the major, and it doesn't work. Does not work. Uh but it's fun to see him try to try that again. Yeah. But you can see in his eyes, he kind of knows it might not work. He's trying to get... Fassbender is, is a very good actor who's, who's wildly... I like him. His, I like him a lot. He has not been used right. You don't he, think so? I don't like his career. Hmm. I, I think he, he's some... Well, you're not a big superhero. You, no, you, you wouldn't have liked the Magneto, thing, right? but I, I, I really like him in those films. Those later uh, X-Men films yeah. are, are really good, actually. They're really good. Well, maybe we'll answer them. Uh, but this was, so yeah, let's talk about, uh, I do want to talk about Christopher Waltz, because we did actually talk about the best picture already when we did Up. We did. So I want to really revisit that. But let's talk uh, supporting actor. Yep. Because that, that, that is the takeaway from this movie, right? It's probably those two great scenes and one of the great villains of all time. Yeah. Um, so here, Christoph Waltz won. Yep. So you have Matt Damon in Invictus, which I did not see. I didn't see that either. That's, That's the, the apartheid. Sal- yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson, The Messenger, which we always run into, we've never seen. No. Um, Christopher Plummer in The Last Station, which I've not seen. Don't think I've seen that. And then Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. Which I haven't seen either. I've seen that. I've read the book. Is it good? The movie is not good. The book uh, is okay. Because it's a Marky uh, Mark film with, uh, is it Mark is Wahlberg he, in that? He might be. I, I mean, think he so. is, yeah. yeah. Um, the book hit me a lot harder than the, um, than the movie did. The movie I kind of know what it's about. and it's, yeah. it's been in my queue, but I've just never it's pulled the trigger. It's a little girl gets murdered. Yeah. And she, she is kind of a ghost. Yes. Looking over things. But it's a... Uh, it's very. It's kind of a depressing tale. That's why it's hard for me to. Yeah, it's not, it's not really a, want not to pull the trigger read. on that. Right. Um. But uh. Yeah. So I mean, I will say there. That's not a very strong. Feature. No, it's not. He, Waltz, he won. And I, he's phenomenal. And if you remember that that award season, he swept everything. Like he got. The oh right, because he got yes, he got the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like he was there. There was the I there probably wasn't even a betting line for that for that war because he was such a lock. Yeah. Um. But then should he have been um, best actor instead of supporting? Because who else is... Well, who else they is, want him to win the award. Because it's a lot I, harder to win a Best Actor. No, award. I know, but he's still... He's so... Like, he's pretty dominant in the film. I know he's not... You know, it's a it's an ensemble cast. That was the year there's Jeff a lot of moving Bridges parts won. For Crazy Heart, which yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. Um, so, I, I think... I just think this is one of the best performances ever. Yeah, I think they wanted him... They wanted to win. I w- if I was... It was Harvey Weinstein who made the decision, right? So, if I was him, I would have also... Is that what happens? Typically, it's you, the, it's the it's the, the producer. It's the company. It's the studio. So the studio it. like says, "Hey, we want you to consider this person for this award." Well, when it's something like that, where you can kind of be either one, yeah, and it might not. You can either get greedy and go for the best actor, but if it's someone that no one, Christoph Waltz, no one knew he was. I guess I don't understand the process. So is it like an application? You apply to win this particular award? I it's believe not that you can put your, I, I don't, I might be wrong here. I don't think I, I, I I'm, it's an educated yeah. understanding of what happens. I've yeah, never yeah. been in a studio or, you know, dealt this obviously before, but I believe you submit to the Academy who you want, mm. who you were nominating. So I'm submitting, you know, like, let's say you do, I don't know, some shitty movie, like Saw 5. I'm guessing that studio did not submit anything for probably not. You know, like what's what are we doing here? But if you are in Grace Bastards, you would probably submit Melanie Laurent. You probably submit Brad Pitt. Probably or, would. You know, because you know, yeah, might as well. recognition. And you submit obviously. You know, so you're basically give them who you're submitting. Right. That's my understanding, and then the Academy then uh, whittles the field down from from who's from from that. That's my understanding. If I if there also are a million different awards, so. It could be other awards do simply choose them, and and mm. that, that, the uh, the Academy Awards the one I paid the most attention to. Yeah, um, obviously, I don't, you know, and I, I do pay a lot of attention to the Golden Globes as well, just because I find it interesting and funny and weird. Yeah, Hollywood Foreign Press does that, so that might be done a little differently. The Academy though is so large and massive. I believe you submit. 
Yeah. I believe the studio chooses. And that's why, so I know, actually, you know what? I lied. Studio definitely does Golden Globes because they did The Martian and they did it as a comedy to win the award. Oh, that's right. It's a genre fraud. That's right. So I believe the studio does submit it. Does that leave a bad taste in your mouth with The Martian? Because I really like that film. Well, it's The Golden Globe, so it's... Doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, but I you, suppose. It, it does annoy me because, like, I want. I think there's. I believe there's a comedy bias in the Academy. Yeah, and the Academy does watch the Golden Globe. So if we're not even going to let comedies win Best Comedy, then what do we do? Like, <laughs> right. then, we, then they have no. What's chance. the point? Yes. So it does annoy me. <laughs> okay. Um. So, cost seventy million. Did three hundred twenty million worldwide, but most of that was not in the United States. It was like a hundred or one hundred twenty in the U.S. And it was his biggest hit up until this point. Up until, uh, actually, it was up until uh, Django. Django, which and then, had, right. uh, Once Upon a Time. Is that bigger? I, I haven't yep. even looked. Also, okay. Also, did more. Yeah. Yep. Um, but is it, it seems strange that this was bigger. It, do you, oh, it's because of all the foreign oh, dialogue, strange, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess yeah, that makes yeah, sense. You have actors in all the different countries, too. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it makes, this worked out, this played really well, you know, for overseas. You're, you're worried, actually, you're worried when you release this in America, is I hope people will come out, but that's why, you know, you wonder about the bastards. I've been shitting on the bastards. Yeah. You know why the bastards are in the movie, probably? is so you can sell this fucking movie. I mean, Brad, you can sure. put Brad Pitt in there. Let's take the bastards out. Now look at this cast. You don't know a single person in here. Maybe you know Fassbender in 2009. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I said Diane Kruger. Other than that, they're not, that's not, that's not going to sell you a movie. Yeah, I see that. So maybe you do need to have American characters, unfortunately, and you need to have them played, one of them played by Brad Pitt. Probably. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, which, if you know, even, even someone as talented and as studio friendly in a lot of ways as tarantino is even he needs to every once in a while sell all the movie out well it makes sense particularly if grindhouse i mean this was still early enough grindhouse just bombed right um kill bill probably did pretty well kill bill did well especially when they split it in two yeah that was a studio decision yeah um, that's why i don't recognize it as two yeah. so if we ever do run into kill bill we will watch this one movie i'm fine with that I love that, that that is what the artist yeah. intended um, and we will, um, we'll watch them as well. Cause it was Harvey Weinstein was the one that split that in two. Yeah. Well, otherwise it would have been a five hour fucking film. Right? It was, it's probably too long. Yeah. Um, so that might be a week where maybe we only, um, we'll, the kill building will have to attack when we get to it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. We will be watching that as a one movie, by the way. Yeah. But he wouldn't have had as much sway probably then as he does, you know, a few movies later now. I think even Tarantino didn't fight it too much. I think he realized here's a whatever, like a four yeah. hour, four and a half hour movie. I, I mean, I, with this though, like uh, with uh, with oh, putting with, American actors in, I would agree. But even so, like you're gonna do it all for him, really? If that's the case, Quentin, I'll tell you, you can do your movie, but I'm only gonna give you forty five, not gonna give you seventy. Okay, Maybe yeah, you can see that negotiation, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anything else with it? I mean, so I love this movie. Very that's a great much. movie. Yeah, it's, it's it's so good. It's it's Tarantino at his peak directing. If we want to go that, I don't think the screenplay is as good as it's not as good as Pulp it's Fiction. not as good as Pulp Fiction. Um, uh, but this is this is you know great directing job by him. Great characters and Christoph Waltz with the role of a lifetime. Yeah, I, the difference between this and Pulp Fiction is that every scene in Pulp Fiction is amazing, and you have. Two phenomenal scenes in this one, and then but the slowness. two scenes in this are better than anything in Pulp Fiction. Ooh, that's a tough. That's tough. That's tough. Those th- it's tough. It, it is. Even if there's I said, a couple. Even if I said it, it's tough. Uh, the Bush scene, that Bush, that Bush oh. walking, the, that that five that minutes. A, set. But I'll or I'll the walking scene. I'll tell oh. you what. I'll say this. I'll take the twenty minutes of either of those scenes against any twenty minutes in Pulp Fiction. I'll stack them up. 
And I know that stuff because you have like, you know, Travolta and uh, Uma Thurman go into Jackrabbit's limbs and <laughs> yes. get, you know, that 20 minutes is pretty good. Uh, it's tough to, tough to top. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I will. I'll stack those. Those 20, those are the best. best thing. I'll take them against any scene, any movie, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to blame you. I mean, this is, I mean, they're phenomenal. The opening in the opening glorious bastards i'll take those 20 minutes against any 20 minutes any movie i think the opening the opening of that scene is it could perhaps be the best opening scene ever it's it's phenomenal take the word opening come at me what's better and (laughs) i I can't i mean it's hard anyone right now i mean there's snippets so 20 minutes the walking the walking scene isn't as long like that the walking monologue is not as long so you can't count that no even though 20 minutes right right 20 minutes that's hard give it you know right that's hard i'm telling the audience if you think I'm wrong, come at me. Come at it. What 20 minutes are better? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. That's what I got. That's uh, on Glorious Passes. All right, shall we move on? Yes. All right. Well, here we go to... Uh... <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, do I have the... Yeah, I do. Here we are. <sighs> so... This keyboard is really annoying to me. It's very harsh. It hurts me. It's very harsh. I don't. Oh. I got a very harsh, right? So we don't. There, I'm going to play different parts of the song, but but you know, well, that's that's the intro of the song. So this is <laughs> I got to um, feeling by uh, Black Eyed Peas. And so we already did, we talked about this to open the show, but we already did Boom Boom Pow, which is off the same album. It's uh, the end. End? end. Um, is it the end? I think it's the end. And Wish it, it was the end. Uh, I yeah. know. I know. Well, so, and we, are, we talked about, so I don't want to, I'm just going to, little rehash of it. This album was huge. It was 11 million copies. Uh, these two songs back to back were number one. So it was Boom Boom Pow for a certain amount of time. And then it was, I got a feeling for a certain amount of time. So back to back number ones. So, the, and that's so, why we're covering this too, is like, this was number one. To. We wouldn't yeah. have, we would have right. skipped over. Of course. So it was um, 17 consecutive weeks of them at the top of the charts. I was just going to say it because the one we did, Boom Pow, that was June. This is September. Right. So, you say, so, from, <laughs> so the entire summer? Basically, it's all Black Eyed Peas. those two songs. And I like Boom Boom Pow a lot more than I like this. This one, we, I use this as an example of something that was really annoying to me about uh, yeah. Black Eyed Peas, which we'll get into. Yes. Um, it's also the, it was, the this, this song, I got a feeling, was the most successful song of the 21st century until Pharrell happy in terms of downloads and purchases wow number fucking one yep um it was 56 total weeks on the chart on the hot 100 that's over a year on the hot 100 yeah um so it was the most downloaded song on iTunes all That's time crazy. until over pretty recently. Yeah, over a year on Think the about Hot 100. That. It just tells me like that mediocre sells. I don't. And it's crossover too, so this can't this won't really offend necessarily anybody. It, at least to the non-critical listener, the song doesn't isn't offensive. So you're that's, gonna that's exactly so that's what I read. So you're gonna right. So you're gonna get you know it's gonna hit an adult, it didn't hit number one on the adult contemporary chart, but it hit like nine. It hit number one in the top forty. Hit number I don't know. It was the top ten of like the R and B charts of the dance charts. It was all over the spectrum, and that's that's what you get. When I when this song came out, I, I'm I was fine with it. I'm fine with it. It's Honestly, fine doing this show. <laughs> So, you know, people say, oh, Matt and Chris ruin everything. Uh, but doing this show, I never, honestly, this is the first time I actually sat back and listened to this song. Yeah. And I hate it now. Yes. This, this is the, I've never heard lyrics 
Oh. So? So stupid. It's, it's so, so wildly stupid. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. That's that's my problem with them. Is they like it's that it's that ultra specific not uh, the ultra like but now this is what I'm doing right now and then I'm going to do this. And then well we're, then we'll just do this over and that's it. You're just saying you it's almost like it's it's like Hemingway ta- Hemingway talking about walking through a field. Yes, I'm going to exactly. put my left foot forward and now I'm going to put my right foot forward like over and over. That's the first and only time <laughs> Black Eyed Peas will ever be compared to I know. Uh, Ernest Hemingway. I'm not a huge Hemingway fan because of that. He just sort of he he just does that. That's how that's his style to me, but um it's so this is what <laughs> this is what Will I am says. Will I am says this is dedicated to all the party people. Are you are you about to read this? <laughs> We both pulled the same quote. This is this 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 quote. Uh, uh, this dedicated quote crystallizes how right. stupid this. Yeah, stupid. Read the quote. This is fantastic. Dedicated to all the party people in the world who want to go out and party. <laughs> it's like the the, the one we, uh, we, you know. It's tough times in the world. Which we just true. want to make some feel good. Yeah, but it's always tough times in the no, world. But this was when is it tough. not? Oh, nine, though. Remember, the recession mm. just happened. That, that, yeah, oh, but... I was uh, going to give it a pass in the second part, but that party people... It's always thing, that. That is... is Dedicated to all the party people in the house who want to go party. What the fuck? <laughs> is he he's, dumb? He's, yes. He's, he's, is he dumb? Is he dumb? <sighs> I don't think so. I mean, he also... He's a good producer. This song... He, he's, that, he's troubling see, for the me. the thing is, like, this song is misleading to me, at least, because... I think the beat's kind of fun. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a fun toe tapping It's happy. Song. There's a lot of yeah. anticipation too, which is interesting. Like all this whole song is anticipation. It doesn't really break in and into the song with the beats and stuff until you're pretty far into the song. And even then there's a lot of lulls in it. So that part is kind of unique and interesting, the anticipation, but then you kind of think it's all anticipated. There's no payoff. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, so according to uh, Jimmy Levine from Interscope records, he said, this, he talked about the song. He said the melody was inspired by the U2 song. I'll go crazy. If I don't cry tonight, I sent will I am over to the studio to do some remixes on that song for Bono. He worked on them for two weeks, came back and wrote. I got a feeling the chords are U2 chords. A hundred percent. Will even told him that <laughs> um, they are though. They are. This is recycled rock tune. So it's like the, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I beat the shit out of this fucking chord progression because that's what it is. It's, a, it's in a million songs. And if you don't do something different with it, then it sounds like the other million fucking songs. Here's the um, here's the I'll go crazy. I don't think it sounds anything like this, but this is a U2 song. Actually, I just don't. It's all right. But it doesn't sound like I got a feeling. I like that song. Yeah, it's not a bad song. It's, it's, it's I don't listen to that song enough. Uh, all right. Well, we, you know. No, no, we don't listen to this under now. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to play any more of it. But, okay. <laughs> but it's all right. Like it's it definitely fun. more creative than what Will I Am did. But I don't, I don't understand the. It doesn't sound anything like the melody doesn't sound anything like it to me. Um. So for me, like it sounds like a collection. Oh, oh no, no, no. I agree with there were a couple critiques of this that it sounds like a collection of things that it's a collection of things that don't necessarily belong together either. Like if you listen to here's the part here, let me try to show it the uh, oh, this cheesy counter melody. So this is this is like um, 
oh, what's her face? Fergie's like, oh, well, I need my spot. So for mostly, right. Fergie is like, she's kind of singing. Um, she's singing the exact same line that Will I Am is singing, but just, you know, kind of, they're, they're doubling, but she's way down in the mix. It's mostly him. Mostly him. You only really hear her when she has kind of her breakout Yeah, she needs solo. her little solo yes, sections. It's so bad. Oh, so bad. It really cheeses me out when I hear this because they're like, we're trying to do something different here, but it doesn't sound it. I just, I can't get past It's so bad. Oh, the worst. I played this before as like the, the, like an, an example of how they're terrible lyrically. <laughs> what? Oh, need another Saturday. So not only do they get, they, they, they need to say the days of the week. They get the days of the week wrong. Not only that, but the song is, I got a feeling that tonight, Tonight! So why we, what does it matter? Why do we think it'd be on that? It shouldn't fucking matter. It's just about tonight. It, it shouldn't matter. And they say party all the time. Party. So if that's the case, then what's special about tonight? If we're just doing this every night. These- There's nothing special about tonight. Nothing at all. They never say what's special about it. No, it's the most annoying part of the song, though. We get, you got to give it a minute, though. I'm paid. Smash it. The callbacks. Come on. Drink. Lime. I thought the whole callback section. Uh, like I'm getting paid. <laughs> like drink my drink. Yeah. Mazel tov. It's, it's like ah. Uh, it's it's, oh. it's it's amazing how dumb this song is. So yeah, I never really like when I was listening to it the show. I'm like, oh my god, I hate this. This is awful. And the other thing too is watching the video. Okay, yeah, you wanted to talk. Oh, let me let me just okay. say one more thing oh, about yeah, the yeah. thing because let's talk about the video because I know you had yeah, some stuff. Yeah, I have some thoughts. Um, it's th- this is the same situation that I, uh, issues that I had with the big chill that it's the that it's a that the it feels like a like they're trying. I don't like feeling manipulated into feeling a certain way, and it feels like they're trying to do that. And if I know the if I know like what elements they're using in order to manipulate me to feel that way, if I can see through that, I just get angry. Because I can't not feel it. Like, I do feel that emotional connection that they're trying to give me. I get it. I feel it. But I'm mad because I know they're doing it on purpose to, 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 to manipulate me. So it's this, I get this weird dichotomy feeling where I, I feel the emotion that they give me and also the hatred for, make, for them making me feel that way because I can see through it. Yeah, I mean, Does that make sense? I guess. They're definitely trying to, like, with the, like you're saying you manipulated, like, trying to feel fun. But not not just like anticipation, um, nostalgia, fun. This, this isn't nostalgic. Like, oh, I remember back in my youth when I used to party with all my fr- or that time I in guess, my life where well, I this could. This kind of ties in the video a little bit. Like, where I don't think they're they they're not. This isn't nostalgic for them. This they're, is there now. Yeah, it is right. But for everybody else who doesn't have that, like that's not a normal part of most humans' life. Like you might have a couple parties like that in college, or some parties right. in that for time in college. That is their life. And now, that yeah. ties in the video. Like I said yeah. because you're watching them at a party, and this party looks like the most depressing. Most it looks awful really fucked time up. Time in my, I, I would you have to, I, you'd have to, like, yeah. you know, kidnap my family before I go to this thing. Like, this looks awful. Yeah. First of all, it's bright as day in this place. And, and at the end, like you're seeing, oh, sorry, at the end, like the, you're seeing like people kind of, kind of drunk and passed out or falling down all over, all over themselves. So, you know, the end of the night is like kind of gross. It just looks, it does not. And I know I'm 40 and I get, I get that's not, um, you know, but even, I don't think even in 2009, I was going like, this does not look fun. No, it doesn't. It looks, and, and watching the video too makes me realize how stupid this song is. And I wonder if that's something that I, Matt and I are both 
MTV children. We both grew yeah. up on MTV. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, watching a video with a song is something that almost kind of makes sense for us on some level. And that oh, obviously yeah. has gone away. MTV went to more regular programming, and they shifted away from videos. And just videos became kind of a... I know they still do videos, but it's become kind of a thing time's forgotten. Although YouTube has given kind of a resurgence. But I consumed... More of my music on MTV than I did on the radio Me too. for a long time in of my 80s, life, right? Yeah, so eighties and not even into early nineties, and it did because you're watching it and you're listening to it. You do kind of like appreciate the lyrics more. Like I feel like I would have known this song was stupid had I seen this video in 2009. <laughs> yes, yeah, but it wasn't until we did this show and I watched the video. I'm like, wait a second, they're just being—they're really dumb. This they're is really stupid. Like, yeah. this is awful. These people seem. This seems like a miserable existence. Yeah, and. I needed the video, like I said, if I had seen, let's say a song came out in 1984 and I watched the video a million times, I would have known how dumb this song is. Absolutely. But, uh, so I wonder if like we're losing, we're not having videos, I wonder if you do lose a little bit of a connection to the lyrics or a connection to this, the message the song's trying to portray. Yeah, maybe. I, that that could definitely be partially it. And I don't know if it's also because I'm, I'm, I'm a movie geek and... Uh, see, I said I was a geek, so that should make people happy. Uh, I, uh, I, no, I love, no, but the visuals are important to you. And so having the movie right. connection tied to music was really fun for me. So I don't know if I'm super sensitive to that and I enjoy that more than maybe most people do, or if it's because, or if it is a true thing to, for everybody that we do lose a connection with the song. Because this song, if you just listen to it, it's like, oh, it's fun. How, I got to feel uh, fine, yeah. fun. You wouldn't but think about actually, it necessarily. Like, right. If you actually sit and watch it and like think about a connection you have to this song, it's like, the songs, they, they said the word Saturday twice. These people are dumb. I know. Yeah, they they said they couldn't they couldn't figure out a line that would that would take up the amount of space they needed, so they had to say a day of the week twice. After they just told us the entire days of the week, <laughs> right. like a Monday, four-year-old. Monday, Tuesday. Like, I hate it's like people who count in songs too, like yeah. one, two, three, four, one, two, or like yeah, Why those don't they counting make the song mechanisms. Like two and a half minutes. The song's five oh, minutes. Just that's short, the other issue. Shorten it down, that's and the they other... don't have the days of the weekend anymore. I think they were trying to go with Epic 2 where uh, where like a song will build, 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 build. I like that when songs do that, like just there's building the entire time. But this doesn't do that because there's no payoff. It doesn't build to a point and then just like nail it for a while either. It, it kind of lulls in and out. There's, there's no good payoff. So no reason that this thing is more than two and a half minutes long. This won't make my bottom five. This song stinks. No, it won't. It won't make my song either. is really bad. This it's is the worst bad. lyrics it's not as I've ever maybe ever heard in a, in a, like a big song. Yeah. They, and that's their issue is, is a lot of time. I, I, there are other songs that they do that the lyrics are just so shitty that you don't under, they, you're not trying. They're making it so easy for people to remember and sing along. I think that's why they do it. I mean, or they're dumb, but, I, but also people can sing this along. Oh, I can, I know the days of the week. I don't have to <laughs> learn those so I can sing like the well, fuck along. Well, yeah, you might fuck that up. What are your favorite lyrics? Do you have any favorite, you have any, or any song you really like the lyrics? Oh yeah. Um, subterranean homesick alien is one of my favorites. Oh, for uh, Radiohead yeah. Okay. Computer. computer. Yeah. That'll be my song when we come to the, probably when we come to the end of the month, which it's is my birthday. Soon. Yeah. We're going to have to figure um, that out. My, probably that one. I think my favorite lyrics are a girlfriend in a coma by the Smiths. I don't know what, uh, it's it's a very short song. Definitely give it a listen. It's, yeah. it's really, it's funny and dark and sad. And it's Girlfriend in a Coma. It came out in the 80s, I believe, um, by, by the Smiths. But it's, it's, I think those lyrics are my favorite. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it. I, there's a bunch of songs that... that yeah, there are. There. I was just trying to think of... Uh, Even like Death Cab for Cutie does really great lyrics. I, I know they're kind yeah. of a pop band. Their lyrics, his lyrics are really great. If you listen to... Um, uh, was it long? Is it not long division? I can't remember. But there, he has he has some yeah, I don't, really I don't phenomenal care for them. But, but, but I'm sure the lyrics are yeah. substantially better. They're, than they're great. I got a feeling by the Beatles is a great song. That is a great song. A feeling deep inside. Oh yeah, it's a really good song. It's, the, that's that's a great probably, one. That might be the best song off of What It Be besides Let It Be. 
Is that on? That is on Let It Be. I like I Dig a Pony a lot. All right. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, 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 just got a nice vibe. No, I like that. I like Let It Be. Uh, That's like, a good album. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. It's, I like it's, that one. It's a bit Miss Phil Spector. It just feels like late. That's why. It feels like we're we're closing. And I know it's the last it one. but like after they broke up. It, it, oh, they recorded right. yeah. before Abbey Road, yeah. but it came out after right. they broke up. It felt, like, it felt like the sunset to me. That's why I like yeah, it. It does feel like that. Yeah, and there's nostalgia there for me because of it, I think. I'm glad you like it, Matt. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy my music. I, I can't help it, Paul. I can't help it. You're, you are Paul, right? <laughs> You're not Ringo, right? You're a fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> You're the talented Beatle, Paul. That's right. <laughs> All right, shall we? Uh, shall we? <laughs> shall we move on? I don't know if there's anything else to talk about in this one. I uh, did the Monday by the intro harsh. I'll go crazy. Yeah, I think I sent. I, I think every. Good. Yeah. Um, so where I was, this because it's my turn to yes, talk about yeah, that. True. Yeah, yeah. This okay. actually begins one of the toughest years of my entire life. So I've got four years. Like that really, they kind of, they last a year. Oh, so you're not talking like a calendar. You're talking like 12 month period. Yeah, 12 month period. Okay. Right. Um, there are, and it's funny, like if I look back at it, so three of them were health reasons um, where, you know, one where I was like 22 years old and then, and then a few later on in life. And they, they lasted about a year long where just really traumatic health stuff. This was not a health event. This was the only one that wasn't of the four. And I would put this as like maybe number three, like worst years. So like September 09 to like September, August 10. To, yeah. And the, the payoff at the end of this is actually, I meet Barbara um, on the 2nd of September oh. in 2010. Okay. And then we're inseparable, you know, 10 years later. Um, but to get there was really rough. So in 2007, in September of 2007, I left for California. Right. And I'd been, um, and I'd been, what happened was, I think maybe I've explained this before, but just to give a little bit of a recap, Girlfriend and I at the time, um, she wanted to be a chiropractor, a chiropractor, the best school in the country is Life West. And it was kind of a good time for me to try a West Coast thing for a little bit. And the goal was just to go out there, get her through chiropractic school, sort of fulfill her dream. And then it would kind of give us some bandwidth where I could pursue other things too. Like if she's a doctor, maybe she makes enough money, I can do more music stuff. So it was kind of a, it was definitely a win-win situation. And I was getting tired of the New Hampshire experience at the time or what I was doing. So, but she left before I did. She was gone um, five months before. That's right. You said that. Yeah, because we had yeah. two properties yeah, and yeah, here. Yeah, I was trying, right. trying to sell a piece of property. I had subdivided a piece of land. I wanted to sell that off because that would have given us some like cash. But then like we, we had, you know, there was a bunch of stuff hit. Um, the recession came after, but all like the bank stuff right, happened right, right, in right. 2007. It did, That's yes. when you had like Bear Stearns go down and all these big banks go down. Um, so I was in the mortgage industry and, you know, people started, stopped building houses, buying houses, all that stuff. So it was, it was kind of a wreck and I didn't know how to get the fuck out of here, but eventually did and was out in California, but it didn't even start out well. When I arrived, um, she was, she, Sarah, I'll just say her name. It doesn't matter, but she was having her own experience out there. And like, I was in a rut and she's having all these new experiences out there. So her life is progressing and moving on without me. So even when I arrived there, she's like, I don't know if I see a life like with you permanent. And I'm like, I just drove 3,500 fucking miles. Why don't you just tell me this on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but we worked it out and decided to try it. Like she kind of broke down and was like, I'm sorry. You know, it's just, we've, you know, we've been so far apart and we hadn't seen each other and all that stuff. So it's oh, a tough way to get, it was player. a tough start. And that's even from, not a great beginning. from then on, it was like not good. Um, I mean, we had good times, of course, like in, you know, we loved each other and whatever, but it, it was, it was rocky the entire, for, so, but for two years we hung on. 
until um, and that that was a critical error. And and if I could go back in time, I would have gone with her, and it would have I would have just gone. I would have left with her. I would just said, "Fuck it, let's go together." Or I'm not going to let you go out there without me. Like we're let's figure this out and do this together. So you that, think that time away is what broke you guys apart, or did you guys just separate? You guys are different people, kind of thing, you know? No, I think it was because we had different experiences. Like she, think about it. Like she is going to fulfill her dream, right. and she for five months is on that pathway, meeting all these new exciting people and this whole new excited program. And I am here, like just wallowing yeah. in our old life, trying to button that shit up. Not not growing as a person, not like doing the same stuff, seeing the same people, just trying to get the fuck out of here. And I'm stuck and I can't get out. Yeah. And actually, and I was pretty miserable about it too. I mean, at one point, I remember we talked around, it was the wintertime. We talked, uh, or yeah, uh, right, because she left earlier in the year or something. Um, and I was like, listen, you know, if you get done your semester and I'm not still not out there, like, I don't know that, I, maybe you should come back for a little bit. And now, you know, that's a terrible thing to say somewhat to someone who's like, you know, on their journey towards their, towards their new life. But I was like, but I'm thinking to myself, I don't know that our our relationship can survive really. And it couldn't. So I move out there and for two years, we, so I got a job pretty quick and uh, we were, we stayed with her dad for a while, but, uh, but we, um, but yeah, got a job quick enough and then found a place to live. And and we tried to muscle through as best we can for two years, but we just, fought more like I wasn't I wasn't I mean she wasn't awesome either but I wasn't awesome I look back at like who I was and how I interacted in that relationship I'm like that's not a very loving way to interact I definitely resented her um in many ways because she was yeah there was this other dichotomy too where she was establishing roots in that community kind of because she's got all these people all these new friends they're all pulling in the same direction doing new things and I and I'm like actively it's not like I was I was I was going out and playing music and meeting people or whatever but I was not trying to establish roots in the Bay Area because home was here yeah like I eventually wanted to come back to my people here I didn't want to I just didn't I liked being out there for the time and and having that experience it was beautiful but I didn't want to make my life there right but it's it almost felt like she kept pulling in that direction and pulling away from me. And so then I would grab, like I would grab more, I'd like grab on. Um, and so, and the other thing is I, like, I definitely resented, even though I agreed to it, probably even suggested it, that she was living her dream. And I like, and I, like I had to wait for that. And, and then, and then the more that she pulled away, the more of me feeling like, like this is not an, we're not on equal footing anymore. She, she's going to, I'll never get the payoff of this, of supporting her through chiropractic school, of, you know, working and making sure we're, we're okay here financially. Right. Eh, you know, I'm not going to get the payoff on the other end of this. Um, and I, so I proposed <laughs> and, uh, and she accepted, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't good. Right, right, right. Uh, and then, you, you know, eventually what happened is we, we just kept fighting and, and she left. Um, and I ended up getting, a, an apartment in Oakland. We were in, Al- in this house in Alameda and uh, Alameda is a, I've said this, probably said this before, but it's a, like, it's a little, isle- it's an Island in the, in the Bay right off the coast of Oakland. You can take a bridge or, or a tunnel to it's big. It's, it's probably 60,000 people live on this Island. Okay. But, uh, but we live there. I, so she found a place closer to school for her and I, and, you know, and I, I found a place in Oakland. Um, and we sort of, we, we were still, we were kind of like trying to work it out and like date, eh, but yeah. as you know, if you're now you're living apart yeah. and it's like starting right. to get, so 
Uh, it was this week in September that she was like, I've had enough. This is, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. And that was, and, and that was it. So, uh, I, I had many adventures in this next year after, like after like weird shit. Like yeah. I, I made a lot of weird decisions after that. I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, this but, kind of but this was everything. like this. Yeah. yeah this, this was the apex kind of, this of is when she was like, we're done, done, yeah. done. Even like pretending to date. That was it. Yeah. And done. Yeah. And then, you know, I held on, like I tried to weasel my way in there a few times after that, but it, it just, it didn't work. And until eventually I was like, okay, that, you know, she means it, but, but this was the, right. This was the, the precipice, uh, of that my year long abyss makes a lot of sense. And I've had similar experiences. Yeah. Too, honestly, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. But I, I think I, when you tell a story about, Oh, I, I, if I had done these different, I would have left with her or whatever. I almost think it sounds like I don't know. I mean, I, I think eventually you guys would have probably split. Maybe, maybe, it would, maybe it would happen longer. Maybe guy, you know, you haven't gotten married or something. And you, got, you could have, you could have put yourself in a real spot. Like, probably in the long run, it probably worked out. Oh, I mean, you totally know, worked you out. Are, you are, yeah. Right, having, I mean, yeah. I met Barbara, and like, I can't imagine right. a life without Barbara. But like, you know, and by do sometimes I'll play stuff back in my mind, like, oh my, had, had this done, had this gone differently, or had done yeah. this differently. But you're right. Yeah, you guys probably should have left together. But I think it probably, it, yeah, but it. It's probably good that it ended sooner, right? You know what I mean? Oh, it's, I agree. Obviously, yeah. you know, but yeah. like, but I was, uh, but think about it too. Like, I'm alone in the Bay Area. Her uh, family. Did you there. have any idea of like? Okay, so she tells you that. Hey, we're gonna. I'm gonna end it. We know we're really done. You, yeah. you kind of get you get the message. Yeah. Do you? How much percentage do you want to just come back home? Um. So I almost did. Actually, I want to. So the an interesting thing happened. My buddy um, Andrew Pucci. He, uh, he did come out and he, he was going to live with me for a while and that would have made it easier, but he ended up getting, um, he does pro audio on tour and stuff and, and he could have had a home base out there. He just needed to be near an airport and could get wherever he needed to go. Sure. Uh, but it ended up that he was getting more gigs back East. And so he didn't end up coming and staying mm-hmm. with me. So I, because of that, I would have stayed. I sort of then told myself, I'm going to stay stick it out. And I've made a lot of good, I make good money there, even though it's right. very expensive to live there, yeah. but it's now it's just me. And, um, I had, you know, I had a great job. So I was like, I'm just going to save as much as I can right. before I move back. And then I'll have like a, you know, enough of a, a bed of money that I don't have to rush into anything. I can kind of figure out. So I did. So at first I was, you know, but first I was staying because I had a buddy who was going to kind of stay with me. And then, and then I, I just made that thought in my head that I would stay and make money. And that's how, that's how I actually I was introduced to Matt because Matt was still out <laughs> west and our mutual friend, John was like, I have a friend that's moving back here that I think you would get along with. Oh yeah. Uh, but he's, he's right now he's working his ass off so he can save enough money. So right. he doesn't need to work for a year. It's like, isn't right. that amazing? I'm like, that is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, this guy's like working his ass off. So he doesn't need to work for a year. He can just live in New Hampshire for a year. Yeah. Because when he comes, when he, when he comes to New Hampshire, uh, I went to college with him. When he comes to, I'll introduce you. You guys will get along. That was the first time that's I heard cool. of you was knowing you as this guy that saves up money. That's how I think. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good at saving money. Um, so that's it. That's what, that's, that's what we have. That's a good story. That's yeah. good. I, I, um, yeah, that's a good story. We have some similar stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, and similar, some similar time frames too. Um, so let's talk uh, headlines. Right. I only have two. Um, September 14th. Okay. Patrick Swayze dies. Oh, right. He of cancer at 57. Right. He got diagnosed with stage four in January of 2008. So this was a, so he had pancreatic cancer. He diagnosed stage four for over a year and a half, which is pretty That's amazing. a long time for pancreatic cancer. Um, he was doing a show on, I believe it was A&E, called The Beast. 
And that's when he realized he was sick. But is he, that a Beauty and the Beast? No, uh, no. It was like, What's uh, the Beast? Uh, the Beast is, I, mean, I believe it was, I believe it was called The Beast. It was um, a cop show or oh. like a, that kind of show. It was set in Chicago. But he actually got some, some of the best reviews of his career. Mm. But he got diagnosed the very first week of filming, uh. and he's, he wanted to continue doing it. So if you watch that show, it only ran for one season, obviously, but I believe it's only one for one, one season. Does he get thinner? Do you see the change? I don't think, I don't know if you, I don't I think he held up, but he, but he think all this guy's grappling with, but I guess yeah. he, he, uh, he, I never saw the show, uh, but he, the reviews for that show. I remember when it came out, and this all you know broke that he was sick and all right. this stuff. And uh, like oh, this guy's still going to go to work every day. It's pretty pretty admirable, and I, he got did some of the best work of his career. So, but yeah, fifty seven. It's like fuck, you I know, know. It sucks. And he was a smoker for he said forty years. That's and, right. And it's not lung cancer, but he's a, but he believed that it had. He said he smoked at one point sixty cigarettes a day. That's a shit ton. Yeah, you get 20 in a pack. So that's three packs a day. That is a lot. Jesus. I was a, I was a full-time smoker for a while. Were you? Yeah, I was. Uh, but 10 a day, like 10 a day would be my max. I mean, anymore. I, I'm glad Like I'm glad that that stopped because I like being physically active and you can't really My dad nervous. was a pack a day. Now, he had cancer and died, but the doctor said it had nothing to do with smoking. Mm. But my dad's like, I don't know, like, you know. You're putting that it, shit in your body. I know one thing. It goes through your blunt screen. My screen. dad's like, I know one thing. It didn't help, but he could never right. quit. My dad uh, could never quit smoking. He smoked up until the day he died. He just could not stop. I um, couldn't physically take it anymore, and I stopped. He I mean, he tried. He tried everything. He tried hypnosis. Yeah. He tried uh, patches, and he's like, the vape would have been the vape would have been a big thing for him. it. Would have saved like that. That would have been so much easier on him. Maybe, yeah. Well, because the because yeah. vape is like nicotine. You're not getting all the combustion. Yeah, that's the that's he, the problem. He, he, he would have used. He's pretty open minded to try any stuff like that. Yeah, because he is really because he hated it smoking. He yeah. hated it. Yeah. Especially once my mom quit after she had my sister. Uh, then she's like, he's like, what am I doing? Like this is awful. But uh, he was able to quit drinking. He's able to quit drugs. He's able to quit anything that he put his mind to that he wanted to quit. He, he says the one thing I can't nicotine stuff. It's, it's smoking. It's really tough. Um, uh, September eighteenth. Guiding Light, which was a soap opera on CBS. Yeah, I remember. It aired its last episode. So this is the cool part. It had a 72-year run. Oh. So it was on radio from 37 to 56. Right. And then it was on TV from 56 to 09. Uh, and can you imagine, like, I imagine there must have been some woman who was, like, 90 years old. Oh, who probably no. listened to, who must have watched every, it must have been some people who existed, and imagine when that show's gone. Oh God! You, you know you're 90. I guess you're gonna die soon anyway. But like, imagine that though. If you had, if you had like watched the entire run. My grandmother, uh, one of my grandmothers' dad's side, she would like every day. She would watch the soap operas. The soaps, yeah. Every single day. My nana liked them too. Um, eventually, she kind of. I think she stopped. I think and well, there was less soaps on now, obviously. But I remember her watching the soaps pretty regularly. Do they even? There are, are there any? Like, I know all my children was going for a while too, but General Hospital's still on. I think. Uh, yeah, they're not the, the, the younger audience. Well, a women uh, worked, so there were less yeah. people at home during the day, and then B, the you know our tastes in entertainment have changed totally. Um, but it was replaced by let's make a deal with Wayne Brady. Oh right. And I was gonna write a joke, being like, "Wow, it lasted for a season. What a joke!" It's still on the air. I didn't. I had no idea. So let's make he, a deal. He's with, still doing it. Yes. He's been doing it for 11 years. Good for him. I didn't even know the show existed. I know. I love Wayne Brady, actually. That, I just what think the he, fuck is what? No. I do. You're kidding. I, he's just so charming. I like, how do you not? No. He did the history of dance in 30 seconds. Dude, Wayne Brady's a fucking hat. Wayne Brady is shit. He is, he is The awful. history. Is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? Is an amazing line. I know that wasn't written by him. No. But still delivered Wayne by him. Wayne Brady is, is 
awful. You think he's that bad? He is. I think he's talented. He is like the worst of comedy. He is like. Uh, I know who he speaks to. Like I know. I know who's, who's like the safest comedian. I know he's con- right. I know. That's like, that's. I know. That's the comparable. But he's hard not to like. He's really easy not to like. Oh. Watch him and not laugh. I'm sorry. And look at how like. Look at how he he censors himself. Look at look at the shit he look at how he sells out. Like let's take a deal. How is that fulfilling? Do that for eleven years. I get it's a paycheck. I guess I guess it's a good one. But like fuck you. But man. like but where do you go? You're not gonna go to okay. First of all, you go to Saturday Night Live. How cutthroat is that? He wasn't gonna be. A and he, Night Live. no, he right. he doesn't have the chops for that no. probably. No, but. Well, even if he has the chops, they're not going to say that's not who they want. That's not who they, they, mean. That's not who they want. Fit the mold. Yeah, right. Lord so where, like, like where do you go? If, where do you go? Well, he did whose lines anyway. Which, yeah, which but, and that was also on, like yes. So I loved improv. Yeah, I know. I did improv, yeah. you know? But that's what's called short form, which is like these these yeah. shitty hacky games. Yeah, like where it's like oh a party quirk. So you come in, you pretend you're this thing, right? And you do like what's called long form, which you're doing like scene work, and it's a bit more substantial. But as an as like his talent set, what do you do? He's a great talk show host. He, or a great game show host. He's perfect he's for that. He's not a great... He's not great because he's fake. So he's not a great talk show host. He's not a great game show host. Well, a game show Because host. he's artificial. Yeah, he might be. I guess maybe he's a good game show host. But maybe I'm just saying, like, you can't give him shit... Host you can't, show, I don't think like, you can give him shit for selling out, though. It's like, what? Like, what's your career path? His whole maybe career get on, is selling out. He's never done anything interesting. He's trying to make money. I, I hate this guy, man. I see him, I... Fucking, I'm going to give him a hug next time I see him. Uh, you, I'm going to say, Wayne. Go for it. Hopefully you I give, get hopefully you you give him COVID. Well, I don't have COVID. Hopefully you get COVID. If, if, if I get it, COVID, if I get it, you're going to get it, motherfucker. Well, I'm hoping you get it. <laughs> and then your wife's going to get it. Your no. dogs are going to get no. it. Everybody's going to get it. Dogs be fine. Here's what I hope happens. I hope we are on a hiatus. You get COVID. <laughs> you meet Wayne Brady. You hug him. He gets COVID. The end. That's it, huh? That's, no, I don't want Wayne Brady to get COVID, I guess. But I don't like him. I really... I. He, he has what about it. Drew Carey though? He's the same same thing. He, he, he actually is, and I don't because he's doing the you know the Price is Right. I, yeah, I know. I, I think Wayne Brady's so, Wayne, Drew did a darkness of Drew Carey that I think yeah. also Drew Carey also had a, you know, a long running TV show, but that was a funny at times. Wayne Brady hasn't yeah. done that. No, he hasn't. Drew Carey show is pretty funny. Yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, first time Cleveland Rocks. That was a song in it, yes. Yeah, uh, but um, but I, I just don't think you can give him shit for. I mean, he's self. He went on and like made fun of, totally made fun of himself on Chappelle's show. I think I think that takes some guts. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean that was good that he did that. I don't know. I don't like Wayne Brady. Whatever. Down, two thumbs down for Wayne Brady. Okay, fine. What are we doing next? Uh, so next week we are back. I'm sorry, Saturday we are back with um, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, <laughs> which is. So stupid. Have right. you seen right. it? No, I've not seen it. No, okay, they, wait I, a no, minute. No, 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 no. Wait I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a minute. I, let me take that back. Okay. Clarity, the title is so stupid. I, I've not seen the movie. Oh, it's a charm. I mean, it's a kid's movie, so I'm of course it's it. gonna I'm going to hate this, aren't I? I don't hate it. I don't think it's it's definitely not the best. I mean, Up is better is a better film. I didn't and really like Up that much. You right. did. It's you just fine. didn't like a couple of the the scenes. I like. And then the song is. It's uh It's a. Oh, Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. Right. So we're back on Saturday. See you then.